And that was clicked. Welcome to Couch on Fire podcast. I'm Alex. That's Rob. What's up? I'm a Leo. <laughs> Do you come here often? What am I? What? I don't know, dude. So, man, I. I What's have... your sign? Fuck off, Rob. Dude, so. Welcome real back, quick, by the way. I know. Thank you. I know. It's been a while. I, me, me and Alex have not got a chance to sit down. And it's my fault. Uh, Hands down. It's all my fault. Not just. I was I was moving and you know, I I, I blame myself. God, you know I brush my teeth like twice a day and it, they still just don't look as white as like the commercials. Why? Um, Why? get those white strips. Uh, those people bleach nah. their assholes. Oh my so gosh. they're bleaching their teeth. Be sure of that. Well, you know what? They might not be like pearly white, but they're healthy. And so. that's that's what counts, right? Uh, if you hear a weird noise, I have like this foot massager underneath my uh under your what, Rob? Desk. Okay. Under my desk. <laughs> where under your desk, Rob? Uh where uh Monica Lewinsky went. No, no. Oof. Millennials? No. She Got she him. was a victim. Yeah. She was a victim. Anyway. <laughs> oof. Big yes. oof. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to hear things. Um I'm glad to hear your voice. So yeah, what's, what's going new? On, no, what's going on with you? I mean, we uh, uh I know we've talked and you have some exciting news and I just think it'd be great because it's kind of in line of what happened with me. So, yeah. Okay. So, I'll I'll take uh I'll take the the spear Try on to do one. a drum. Try to do a drum. <laughs> drum roll. Yeah. Alex is going to buy a house. Yes. Uh now, we are currently shopping right now for a spot for us which is dope, it's exciting, it's fun, and it's one of the worst and most bureaucratic processes I've ever heard of. So, we're first things first, this your first home? Yes. Okay. Go with the VA hey. loan. Putting my life hey. on the line doesn't mean nothing. You know, there's perks out there. They are few and far between because the healthcare after, di during and after discharge is non-existent. Oh my it's like okay. the GI Bill and the vet home loan. That's it. Oh. Well, with the VA loan, um, what do you get that's more special than like what I would have got, what I got for this house? Kind of. Uh, we can go zero down, and still get locked in at a sub five interest rate. It uh -huh. cannot be adjustable rate. It is a fixed rate mortgage for all thirty years. Uh there's a couple extra protections and like points that we can walk out of the sale. Uh, and there's uh, a heavier duty VA. Oof. <laughs> it's not me. No, that's, that's me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's also an additional inspection that's got to get performed past the appraisal. Uh, that's, and if it uh, doesn't match the appraisal value, there's a problem. And that takes some hoop jumping. Which sucks, but it is what it is. It's it's to protect the consumer, the the ostensible veteran. So, mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's not, it's not too much difference. I think the biggest thing that really helps you out that I kind of... The zero down, really, and then obviously the fixed... Yeah, guaranteed um, fixed rate sub five. Yeah, 
So I have a fixed rate, but it's not technically guaranteed. So basically, it's fixed for X amount of years, but then after that, it could shift for like $20, $20 or $30 roughly, which Ooh. will come out to like, yeah, which happened to me. So so this obviously, I just moved, and this is my second home. The first home in Charlotte, I never knew anything about it, and um, I had to learn the hard way because one – What an artist. With the second year, my mortgage went up, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but then, yeah, so they adjusted your interest rate. Yeah, but now, uh, but yeah, so that's cool. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you and the fam moving out, looking at homes. Yeah, like, what do you, what do you what do you guys look for? Like, what are your what is your must-haves and fuck no, <laughs> and looking uh, for homes. Ari and I have different lists. Honestly, okay. uh, we're both looking for central air, uh, preferably not radiator heat because dogs. Um, yeah. We're looking for a basement, but that's not required. And we want an open layout kitchen dining situation. Uh, that's it, really? A, a, a yard? Uh, yeah. That I don't have to walk the fucking dogs anymore. That I could just open a fucking door. And it's done. It's done. Because taking two dogs out every two hours is a fucking nightmare. I hate it. It's cool, though. It's cool. There's no resentment towards my dogs at all. I promise. No, I mean, everyone that, everyone who's listened to this has probably lived in an apartment complex and, and most likely has a pet. Um, if you haven't, it's a pain in the ass if you have a pet. I agree 100%. Um, especially like if you don't live on the bottom floor and you don't have a, a porch that you can just let them out at because you got to hold them. I don't know. It's I could see it being a pain. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not on the bottom floor. We're on the second floor. Yeah. Which is just like there's stairs. There's other people. There's points of contact. There's th yeah. there's a lot of points where chaos can happen. And it's mm -hmm. less than ideal. So we'd like a yard. Well, Okay, so you Preferably got Preferably with a fence to start, but yeah. that's not required. I'll just put out the stake thing for when I go camping and just hook yeah. them up on that thing one at a time. I don't have a problem with that until we get the fence in. <laughs> but there's got to be um, somewhere they can poop. Okay, okay. Yard. Got a yard. You want uh, big rooms? How many rooms you want? Uh, we're looking for three, uh, but we're, we're looking at a two-bedroom right now. Uh, we figure we can uh, th there's a plan for the two bedroom idea um, but we're looking for a third bedroom so baby yeah well That's see the here, idea. Here, here's something um, here's some do here's a here's a don't that I this is my personal opinion so the first house that uh, my wife and I bought um, we had a four bedroom house and it was actually three bedrooms, but they converted a loft into a bedroom. So, yeah. it, you know, it was it was cool. It was four bedrooms. So, like, we were thinking big. We, you know, we just – it was me, her, and my daughter. Well, she was pregnant at the time. So we were thinking big, like, okay, we're going to have one child, then we're going to have another child. Um, and we wanted a office, and then we wanted a spare bedroom. So we were, we were thinking huge. So this – which yeah. is great. I mean, everyone has that mentality. You want a huge house. You kind of grew up in a huge. When you're a child growing up in your parents' house, you think it's huge because you're a it child. It feels huge. Really, it feels bigger than it really is. When you become an yeah. adult and you go there, you're like, wow. 
Um, but I actually noticed things like uh, actually it was brought to my so I, I I never really went upstairs even when I recorded podcasts with you uh, it's mostly downstairs on my laptop I never really went upstairs just or to, sh- to show my friends or just the collection that I had of like you know my collection it was a storage area more yeah than it was a kind usage of yeah. area um, I think uh, so when Devin. Um, Brooks and his wife moved down. Uh, they bought a house, and their house has five bedrooms, and it's it's bigger than mine. And after a couple months there, Devin made a comment to me. Um, if you actually do listen to this, Devin, um, you know, hopefully I don't butcher this comment. But even he said that like you mostly spend most of your time in the family room, the kitchen, and then the bedroom. Well, that's that's what it was because this is him and his wife and like for fifteen thousand dogs. So he doesn't really have, they didn't really spend all those extra bedrooms. They're fun. They're cool to have. But, but what purpose do they serve? Exactly. And Why? it made me start, it made me start to think. So the house that we're in now is actually, I think, so I lived in a, a 2000 square foot house. This house is actually like 12 or 13. Okay. Um, and that's, that's kind of a big jump, but. Uh, it's perfect. It's a good size because, you know, I still have a third bedroom, which I'm in right now. Um, and if we do have a second child, it's converted. Bam, we can easily convert it. I would just have to lose my exactly. little office. But, yeah, I mean, so I would never tell you what to do, Alex, but I would always suggest thinking about, like, you know, like, yeah, everybody, it's your first home. You want to go big. But then again, it's like, it's like, it's like you want to show off your big dick to everyone, <laughs> but realistically, you got. You, you, so we're looking at the house up here, uh, yeah. the two-bedroom plan. Uh, yeah, we we found this spot. It's uh, one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a two-bedroom, half duplex. Okay, we're on one half the duplex. Um, decent yard, uh, and basement. Mm-hmm. So. It's uh, a thousand, maybe eleven hundred square feet at the top end, uh, and we're looking at that one so we can hit that point where we're starting out, grow it, and then rent it out to like a college student or somebody, okay. and charge them to rent because the mortgage for us monthly would be like seven hundred dollars, mm-hmm. which is a sharp decrease from what we're paying for rent right now. Uh, so we can just. <laughs> charge the the going rent level to crash this house uh and reap all that extra income while we move on to a three bedroom when Aries out of school she's uh at least a dental assistant possibly a hygienist uh making lots and lots of money uh, effectively doubling my income at the assistant level and if she goes hygienist then she's gonna dwarf my income by a lot <laughs> Uh, and that's so, when you become a, a stay-at-home podcaster. I love it. Right. So that, like, transition, we've got this second property uh, with Aries VA home loan at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. That That's the forever home because we are generating all this extra income from – like three different directions all at the same time and we've got fewer bills because our debts are paid off and then we've got the passive income stream of the $150,000 place by itself so it just like this 
she spit this to me trying to convince me and i'm like that's where i was at from jump street <laughs> that i like that plan i like passive income let's do that uh it took a while it took us a while to get to that position but that's yeah that's what we're looking for which is nice it's do you do you i had a question for you i haven't really got a chance to ask a lot of a lot of my friends because a lot of my friends uh they do own their own spot um but i wanted to i'm pretty close with you so i wanted to ask you do you think it's kind of like are you or do you there was a point where when i bought my first house i was at this point in my life where i wanted to post it all over the internet and let people know that i bought this house because i i came from really i had nothing and not that i didn't yeah. come from nothing but if people knew my past i just had nothing and then i wanted to show them like bam look mine's bigger than yours kind of thing and it was like an see ego i don't boost. need that part <laughs> see i just see, need like, look at what i did yeah see see that was the thing like um when when like now since i'm a little bit older because i was like seven years six years ago yeah. so now now um i really never posted anything about moving into this house not even told anybody maybe a couple people you knew a couple other people knew that well, you mentioned it on the podcast yeah on the podcast yeah but i never really want like really big like i did last time and like put it over all over the social media and stuff like that and i think it's because i don't know if it's because i'm older now or it's just more one of those things where you know I've I've slowly I, I do, at this point everyone has rented or you know everyone has done something so my question to you was do you, well you kind of answered it already like do you feel like this is your first home are you going to broadcast this and be like bam look at how big my dick is <laughs> no no it's I accomplished yeah. something that I'm super proud of that I earnestly never thought that I was going to accomplish yeah uh there for a while that was mm -hmm. like my predominant idea was i don't i don't think i'm gonna own it doesn't make sense for me to own until i have a family and now i've got a family super looking own uh okay. so i i it just i'm i'm proud of this thing that i'm doing so i'm gonna like hey sharing my happiness i'm really happy right now and i want to share that with other people hopefully it makes them happy too okay and that's it well you know well, I'm excited for you to have a house. I mean, owning a home is it's fun. Uh, remember in the beginning of this podcast, you said like uh, the process is a, it's it's supposed to be fun. You watch all these shows on TV. Wow, looking oh, it's for the homes, most bureaucratic thing I can think of. It's so I did not have fun looking for this house that I'm in right now, and <laughs> I did not. I had a really rough time. Now, the, even in Charlotte, I didn't really pick that house. That was like. Uh, so the house in Charlotte was in my wife's name because my credit was messed up when I was a kid, like everybody else in Joppa Town. Um, yeah. <laughs> you name one person in Joppa Town, that... you let me know. Everybody's credit at least had something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So it was in her name, and you know, like I, I, I felt good about it. I didn't really like the house. It grew on me because it became a home. But this home. Um, the process was horrible. I remember telling you on the podcast and off the podcast about this, all the homes that fell through and the people we battled for different homes. I was just, it was just a pain in the butt, but um, 
for the I will say this. I never really liked Myrtle Beach. I I live in Myrtle Beach for my daughter, and but I really say this this home now that all my stuff is in here makes me feel good. And I think when you move into your home, I think it's called nesting. Yeah. Like basically, you're just you you know, you. It's mine now. Yeah, like you feel yeah. that way right now about your apartment. Looking for the home might might suck, and then when you get there, it's it's going to be a little weird. The road that you always travel down for work, you're not going to be traveling down that road anymore, and it's just kind of like you know things like that when you do go to work, by the way. Because um, I work from home. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It's exciting, and then it's really exciting to uh, I don't like scream, play music really fucking loud. Do what you want because it's your fucking oh, yeah. property. Oh yeah. yeah these just are these are thing these are things nudity. that all the oh, time. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's exciting. If so you're not exciting. naked in your own house, what are you doing? You're wasting <laughs> that house. You should the, be naked to your heart's content. Uh-huh. I would say for listeners out there that are listening that have never bought a house before or haven't got a chance to experience this um it's one of those things where you don't necessarily have to experience it to understand it but it's also one of those things where i think everyone should try to experience even if it's not owning a house owning land owning anything that's that's yours that's that big of a a commitment is is a huge thing so yeah i mean yeah because you got skin in the game at that point like, oh, yeah. I'm a landowner, goddammit. This is mine. <laughs> I control it. Y'all are trespassing. Get the fuck up off my shit. Do, oh, do you, um, I can't wait. <laughs> do you, um, okay, so the process of uh, getting a house. So I think you told me over the phone that you actually put an offer in on a house, but then they came back and you, it was just too much and you just, you backed away. Do you think that system is good or do you think it's like I, I mean so believe me so so I, I I'm I'm saying it's it's awfully bureaucratic uh, okay I don't mean that this isn't administrators this is lawyers and contracts um, yeah so it's a painstaking process but this process exists this way for a reason I understand how contracts evolved over time bureaucracy mm-hmm. is paper pushes pushing around paperwork oh you didn't check this box application denied well give me the paper back i'll just check the box nope denied you gotta start again that kind of shit fuck that this is uh yeah so you might have lead in your walls and you're <laughs> waving any <laughs> indemnity so deal with that like that kind of contract uh and it makes a lot more sense. It's just awful to slog through. Well, the so here's the things I hate about um, buying a home that they never tell you. They never tell you this shit. So you so you think buying a home is like buying a car. You go up, you say, "I want this car." They run your credit, and they're no. like, "Okay, well, we we can do this for you. Uh, you have to you know get a loan through your bank and you know such and such things like that." So okay, so you go up, you find it. You first you got to get pre-approved. For, for the amount of money, then you find a house, then after that um, the fun starts. You put an offer in on the house. So oh, yeah. here, here's here's the thing it's I think it's funny. 
So you think you anytime there's a there's a price of a house, no one ever like no one. It, 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 I sold a house too. So when I was selling a house, it was much it was much easier than it was um, buying a house because when you're selling a house, you're like, okay, I want this. You have all the control. But yeah, you have you have to pay their realtor, your realtor, uh, it's still a lawyer fee and things like that. But you have all the control. When you're buying a house, you have no control whatsoever. You're in the leisure of that person, so you can say, not, "I want this." Uh, not quite, not quite. It's a seller's market right now. That's mm -hmm. why the sellers have the control. If this were a buyer's market and there were fewer buyers out there, and like hundreds of sellers per buyer yeah it, it wouldn't feel like that uh it would feel very differently where the buyers are like no you can lower that further a little okay. further a little further now we're talking i'll spend that <laughs> thank you like and those kind of market swings do happen uh it hasn't happened for a while uh i think pre-2008 was the last time we had a good good buyer's market but then the well, bubble I popped and we were all fucked well, I'll tell you this right now. Um, like, the process I went through this house was crazy. So the lender had to that. run. the The lender had to run all my credit and stuff like that. Fine, I had no bills. And they, you think so? When I sold my other house, I got a good chunk of money and I paid off all my debt, all my bills. So you think that okay? Well, when they run your credit and stuff, and or when they try to process a new loan they'll be like wow he owes nothing so it this should move smoothly wrong if you actually have bills or stuff against you like a car payment and things like that it's it actually moves faster yes because you because, because there's you a pay, paper trail of evidence because there's a paper trail exactly so yeah. because i didn't have a paper trail they were like what the fuck were you doing and like how you just cut off, off your paper tail exactly yeah like so like so this is so weird because Everybody. There's no receipt you can do with the house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Here's well, just, the receipt. It's just a little crazy to me because everybody has a trail now. Everybody has a car. Mm -hmm. Well, either a car payment, a credit card, a cell phone bill you didn't pay back in 2005. I mean, something, there's something, there's it's something gonna there. It's going to come up. And it's going to come up. I had nothing, and it actually hurt me in the long run. And it's crazy to think that, but it did. And then, so then after that, then the communication between you and the lender got to be good. Then the communication between you and the lawyer, because you need a lawyer to process the deed and all that good stuff. And if they don't, and if they don't like your stuff, they're gonna ask for blood samples, urine samples. I mean, I went through. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty. There's some stuff you don't really. I mean, you're about to experience it all. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, a lot of hoops. <laughs> See, yours might be yours might be a little bit better because of the VA loan, or because they you had the paper trail through the army. Um, yeah, they they so. see vet and they're like, "This is a government backed loan." Okay. Yeah. Well, they want to make sure that. they get their money. They want to yeah. make sure they get their money. So hundred percent, and I get that. They want to get their money. That yeah, that that's the point of this contract here. Let's do this. But the, oh, the, effectively, the government co-signing and saying, he's good for it. Like, yeah. smooth so much out. <laughs> I just, um, 
it's just it's just funny to me i mean the, the process and it's just they don't really tell you things like that and then like and oh don't forget ladies and gentlemen that you got to do like a uh you know you got to get inspected because if it's not inspected the bank won't give you the loan it needs to be inspected you need an appraisal <laughs> now i will tell you this whatever you do if you get an appraisal don't ever tell the person that your lender that the what the appraisal amount is I'm just wondering. They're gonna, you. they're gonna poo poo push. Uh, so, with the VA loan, uh, the lender has to find out. Uh, okay. That's that's one of the the stopgap points. Uh, it's okay. the it adjusts to the appraised value, or, uh, or they keep it at the the higher price, and say we're not changing it. We get the walkout point, like guaranteed, mm -hmm. no money lost. Um. Uh, we also get a bonus inspection. The VA specifically has to inspect it, and it's just that'll be fun. That'll be super okay. fun. Uh, it was super fun good. for that... David's house. What uh, what did he have to go through? Anything? Uh, he was actually two hundred dollars of repairs over the mark. So he just he just footed the bill. He was like, oh, I've got two hundred dollars. That's here. Okay. Fix it. <laughs> so Oh, one thing I didn't tell you about this house. So when I was purchasing it, um, they were so I was in a bidding war with four people, and Oops. they were like, they were like everyone's best offer by Saturday. So we said we would give you full offs. We we gave them, we just gave them the full asking amount, and then we told them not to cover any costs. We would cover closing, and they picked us. But there was one stipulation. They were like, well, you got to take the house fast and kind of as is and i was like okay well as is yeah i was just, you know I, we walked through the house asterisk like, yeah <laughs> asterisk. well the the stip well the thing is that's what she told my realtor but then when the contract came over they said nothing about as is so when um so with that said when we started doing the inspection inspection went good everything's good there's, there's nothing really major there was actually one thing wrong we just found out but i have a home warranty which is amazing by good the way. to go good to um, go um so the air conditioning unit is old this house is 15 years old so the air conditioning unit is old um but the uh we have a shower insert and when the inspector ran the shower everything was fine it's still fine when you run the you know but the one thing the inspector did not do is step into the shower because when you step into the shower on the on the floor when you're walking you can hear water just like you can hear it so it's in between the flooring and the actual like insert so we're like what the Ooh. fuck but i just but it's okay i have a home warranty so i pay like 75 bucks and they'll come out and fix the whole thing well they'll fix at least 75 or more percent of it and then they'll tell me what the rest is and oh i mean it's better than paying you know fifteen hundred dollars for a plumber to come out and install a new one so oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah because that would be just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think, uh, yeah, home warranty. That was, that yeah. was a good move. Uh, we, we're looking for a home warranty ourselves. Uh, and if we, one won't be provided by the seller, we're going to buy one. Because that, okay. that's that's insurance without it being a scam. And I went <laughs> in on that action. <laughs> they provide oh. the, the service that insurance is supposed to earnestly 
Let me. Um, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> let me. Um, I'm going to tell you this quick story. So, about uh, when you're picking a house, one of the things that I was told to me is drive through the neighborhood. If you see things like a whole bunch of random junkyard cars sitting in the neighborhood in one house, maybe that's not the house, the neighborhood for you. So the, this neighborhood seemed really great. It's really nice, and I say seem because let me tell you this story. So it's uh -oh. not it's a not it's a non HOA neighborhood. So that's good. That means I can put up any fence I want. I don't have to really worry about people coming over and bothering the shit out of me. There's no dues. You don't have to mow your yeah. lawn as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing is there's no like community pool and things like that. Um, huh. And you have to find outside companies to do your trash and things like that. Um, so the very first Consumer day, so choice. I'm, oh God. So it was not last Saturday, but the Saturday before we started moving stuff in. So that so once we moved all the furniture in on that Saturday, the very next day was Sunday. I had off. Um, we were talking to our neighbor, guy next door, really nice guy, older gentleman. He says hi, tells me about himself. He's from Massachusetts. Second thing he says to me is, uh, I used to go to school with Doug Flutie. Who's a famous football player? So I, I always thought that was okay. I mean, I guess if you really did, you want to tell everyone that. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's your biggest claim to fame, though. Like that's yeah. that's the second thing out of your mouth. Yeah. So I just like whatever. But um, he says, "Hey, I'm starting up my riding lawnmower um for the first time this season. I don't want to turn it off for a while. So you mind if I cut your grass too?" And I'm like, "Dude, that's awesome." So Love not you. only did he, he he cut his grass. He just rode over in like four seconds, cut my grass. So, cause we don't have a fence yet. Um, so, you know, I was like, this is awesome. I was going to get him something, but he volunteered. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but he's nice. And he, he's been, he's talked to my in-laws a couple of times when they were here and he's, um, he's asked about my dog, Bea, cause you know, it was fun. Um, but then we had that issue with the, I had a, a neighbor across the street. One morning he knocks on the door at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, he's just complaining because my in-laws car has been parked in front of their, his house for like, you know, it's just, he says it's his property, but it, clearly it's the road. And I, if I, if I need to pull up the stipulations about where and where I cannot park, I will. But, um, he just kind of gave me an attitude. He didn't introduce himself. He didn't tell me his name. He just said, the first thing he said to me was, you need to get your stuff off. You need to get your car off my property. And, oh, man, I almost lost my shit. I told him, you know, like, he was just so rude to me. Um, I do feel bad, though, because he was leaning in really close to me. And he was like, what? What? Like, I, and I, I was like, is this old man about to spar? You want to go? <laughs> you want to fucking go? <laughs> but, no, he just couldn't hear me. <laughs> so Whoops. Like, oh, whoopsie. Um, but, no, uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, in the end, uh, I did not move the vehicle, um, I, but my in-laws did leave. You know, and I and I always try to think of now as an adult. I try to stay out of conflict as much as possible. I do have a family, and I don't want to die because everyone in the South is packing. Um, yeah. But I will say, he, you know, there was used to be two college kids that lived in this house, and they had a they rented out a spare room every semester. It was a new kid, so they probably had get-togethers, parties, whatever, and what the not. Um, so I can see why he might be a little upset. So I, I do understand that, but there's a better way of doing it, man. You need to come up to me. You need to say, Hey, my name is so-and-so nice to meet you. Welcome to the neighborhood. Can we talk hey, about I, your in-laws car? Yeah. Like, like it's, I it's invading my parking space. Yeah. Can well, we it's talk not. about that? He but, has, he has, a, he has a, he has a two car garage, a driveway. 
And then, all right, so one of the rules, it's an unwritten rule about the mailbox. You cannot, you should not park, I think, five feet on the right side of the mailbox and the left side of the mailbox if it's facing the road because the mail lady or the woman or the man can't go by and deliver the mail. Yeah. So, you know, it's an unspoken rule. So I understand that. But this was on the other side of this damn driveway. I don't know. I was so upset, but. You know, it's all good now. I haven't talked to him. I don't park my car there because I have, you know, and my in-laws were obviously there for a little bit. But it just shows you because, and I don't know if you guys remember, in Charlotte, I talked about in the early podcast for the true listeners out there. In Charlotte, when I first moved there, I had a problem with my neighbor. He was an older gentleman. We were a young couple. He called, I lived in an HOA, and they kept sending me letters with pictures of my grass and it's clearly it says like oh the grass if it's over two inches you need to cut it by this day or we're going to cut it for you and charge you and he he called the hoa on me about my grass he called the hoa on me about my my trash can being in front of my garage because it needs to be on the side it looks trashy if it's on the front of your garage like i'm sitting there like why is he picking on me what did i do (laughs) (laughs) i mean so yeah, I wanted to. T- I just wanted to vent a little bit about that, and I'll definitely say, check out your neighborhood and see what who's around you. And even when you move into a nice neighborhood, there's always that one person that doesn't come over and say, "Here, here's a pie." They come over and just scream at you for no damn reason. <laughs> Every neighborhood's gonna have one. I and know. The sooner they introduce themselves, the sooner you know who it is. The sooner you can start mm-hmm. avoiding them. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts but crazy homeowner be a homeowner buy stuff do it do it as soon as possible get some skin (laughs) in the game